How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Cavs play-by-play man on Bally Sports, the great John Michael. John, welcome to the show, bud. Thanks, gentlemen. How are you guys? Doing well. Uh, Would have done a little bit better if Jared Allen wasn't sick, and, and apparently some gamblers are upset about this. Can you help us lay to bed the concerns gamblers had over Jarrett Allen's mysterious sickness. Was Jarrett really sick? <laughs> Jarrett indeed was sick. Uh, it was unfortunate. I mean, boy, that was a game screaming out for some injuries down the stretch. And unfortunately, Jarrett went out in the first half, uh, was unable to return. We haven't gotten an update since then uh, in terms of available for the rest of the trip. But, yeah, it was a it was a tough loss, uh, particularly on that defensive end in a game, I think, in which the Cavs uh, would have been able to uh, exploit uh, inside. And unfortunately, he goes out, and the Cavs weren't able to hang on and win that game in the fourth quarter. Did the Utah Jazz provide the team flight meal? <laughs> <laughs> they did not, but I, I like the conspiracy theory. Do you have any more? What, what else is floating around? Let, out let me, there let right me now? bring up Twitter real quick. I'm sure I can find <laughs> six or seven real quick. So, looking to last night, why were the Jazz able to spoil Donovan Mitchell's revenge game? Well, look, it was a team that, you know, they were pumped up from the very beginning. That's a difficult place in which to play. And let's not discount the Jazz are a pretty good basketball team. I mean, not a lot of folks thought that they'd make much noise this season, but they're right around 500. They got off to a fantastic start on a new head coach, Will Hardy, at 10-3. and They've come back to earth a little bit, but they've suffered a lot of tight losses throughout the year, and they play hard. You know, and it was just one of those games where the Cavs, didn't have enough down the stretch. They got hurt by a seven-point possession uh, by the Jazz, which gave the Jazz the lead that they would not relinquish in the last couple of minutes. Uh, you know, it's one of those games. You know, the Cavs are on the road. I thought they played fairly well. Their defense was great down the stretch. Where they got hurt was free throws in the fourth quarter. So, um, you know, the Cavs lick their wounds, move on to Portland, see if they can uh, finish this trip at 3-2. and two. John, uh, looking looking here, because last night was uh, the so-called revenge game for Donovan Mitchell going back to Utah for the first time playing in front of the Jazz fans as a broadcaster. Do you have a favorite revenge game that you can remember, or was last night at since Donovan? Listen, they lost, but he did score 46 points. Yeah, I don't, I don't think – yesterday didn't really feel like a revenge game for Donovan. You know, I mean, it's not like he was jaded – by the Jazz organization, and you could tell that both ways. I mean, Donovan went in there, and he received a lot of love, and he spoke glowingly about his first five seasons in the NBA. But, boy, you had a sense. I mean, Donovan showed us uh, just in his first few months as a Cavalier, you, you had a sense that he was going to come through 
with a game like that. You know what comes to mind for me, guys, is that last season when Jared Allen was left off the original all-star list, he went into Charlotte and just took it out on the Hornets and on Miles Plumley down there, went for a 2020 game, you know, as if to say, hey, listen, I should have been an all-star. And then only days later was named by the commission all-star replacement. So that. That one is fresh in the mind uh, in terms of a revenge game, and I think it was more revenge on the league and, you know, saying to everybody, Jared Allen, I'm an all-star, and it turned out that he was that season. John, do you recall um, in in your broadcasting career, and maybe you have because you've done a zillion games, uh, a seven-point possession? No, I think that was the first one that – I think that's the first one we've had. I mean, that's the maximum – in that spot, and it's you know it was a new rule brought in a couple of seasons ago that reckless closeouts can be considered a flagrant foul. You know, you think back, guys, it was a series a handful of years ago, Golden State uh, and San Antonio, Kawhi Leonard was a spur, and Zaza Pachulia closed out and got his foot underneath Kawhi Leonard, and Pachulia had had a reputation for doing things like that, which was pointed out by Spurs head coach Greg Popovich, that took Leonard out for the rest of the playoffs and basically dashed the Spurs' hopes. And that was where this all originated. That was the genesis of this rule that you can't close out recklessly and get under another player. That one hurt, I mean, for the Cavs, obviously. You know, a question mark whether it was a reckless closeout uh, by the Cavs. Karis LeVert, Jordan Clarkson was moving forward on the play. It's clear, guys, when the shooter is going straight up and down, and then the closeout comes underneath that area, right? I mean, that's, that's clear that that's a reckless closeout, particularly when you're closing from a long distance away. There, you know, there was some gray area there because I don't think there's any question. Clarkson's feet were moving forward. Levert's feet were moving into that spot. He got hit with a flagrant foul there, and it turned into a seven-point possession, which ultimately, I'm not going to say cost the Cavs the game, but the Cavs had the lead. And after the seven-point possession, they never had the lead again. So it was a big call in a big spot, and no, I think that's the first time that since that rule came into play, you know, the reckless closeout rule came into play last season. Since that came into play over the last two years, I think that's the first time the Cavs have been hit by a seven-point possession. You know, John, one thing you said on the air, I I didn't know this rule, so he gets, what, two free throws, but he, 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 he can make one out of the two? That's right. If you hit that three, if that three goes down on a reckless closeout, then you can't get five points on the play, right? Right. Usually when you get a play, usually when you get a flagrant foul, you get two free throws and the ball back. The only exception to that is if you hit a three, in which case two shots to make one and you get the ball back again. That's fascinating to me. I did not know that rule. John Michael Cavs play-by-play man on Bally Sports on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. I don't know why. Uh, this this threw me because I've looked at the standings almost every day since the season began. We're now 42 games into the regular season for the Cleveland Cavaliers. We've surpassed the halfway point for the Cavs. So considering there were all these sorts of questions about Donovan Mitchell's fit with, with kind of the guys that were in place here and the, the rest of the Cavs' core four, 42 games in, John. How far along is the Cavs' core four compared to where you thought they'd be by this time? Well, let me start by saying this. I think Mitchell's been brilliant, you know, and not just on the floor, but with his attitude, with his approach. You know, he could have come into camp and been like, listen, I'm a three-time All-Star. I'm going to show this fan base. I'm going to show the Eastern Conference just how good of a scorer I am. He averaged 26 points per game over each of the last two seasons, 24 over his first years 
in Utah, but he didn't do that. You know, it was a team-first approach. And all you have to do is look back at 71-point game. He had 11 assists. 11 assists in a 71-point game. You look at all this crazy 70-point game. Nobody was dishing out 11 assists. That was the first 70-10 game in NBA history. And I think that, you know, is, is a snapshot of his approach. It's not, I'm coming in here to score points. It's come coming in here to be a part of this team and win. You know, he acknowledged that there was something special going on with this Cavs team last year in terms of the chemistry, in terms of the young core. A lot of the new guys acknowledged that. Robin Lopez, for one, you know, he said this team really had something cooking last year. Mitchell has stepped in, been a part of that. Now, that said, in the second half of the season, guys, there's some work to do. I mean, there are some areas in which you knew that the learning curve was going to be steep in some aspects. One of them is the continued, you know, maturation of Donovan Mitchell playing alongside Darius Garland. That's certainly something to keep an eye on as we continue. Those two getting their big men involved as games progress, that's something we need to keep an eye on as well. But, you know, those are offensive things. Defensively, I think this team is wildly ahead of where a lot of people thought they'd be. Two years ago, this was the 25th-ranked defense in the NBA. Last season, they vaulted all the way up to 5th. Now the Cats have the number one defense in the league. And a big part of that, of course, are, are the anchors in the middle and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. But the guards have held their own. You know, and on paper, you looked at what the Cavs were going to bring out there guard-wise, and you thought mm, maybe this might not be a defensive team that can hold that number five ranking from last season. They've outdone that ranking. So I think defensively, they're way advanced in terms of where even the front office thought they might be in the coaching staff at this point offensively still a work in progress as we knew it would be and I think it only means good things that here the Cavs sit just past the halfway point and they're 10 over 500 right I mean they're right in the mix in terms of the top four or five in the Eastern Conference so I they put themselves in a really nice position right now while they're still learning while they're still figuring out which is part of what they need to do as they had hopefully toward their first postseason together. John, I was looking at Darius's home away splits the other day, just kind of looking at what of it's. I don't want to say up and down because he's still been really, really good. But you look at the home and away splits. He's his scoring is down eight points per game away from Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, and he's averaging a turnover more per game on the road. Is this a fluky stat, or is there something behind, or could there be something behind Darius's difference at home and in away? Well, I'll say this. It's not just Darius. I mean, you look at the stark difference between the home and road records. The Cavs are a sparkling 18-4 and four at home. That's the best home record in the Eastern Conference. They're a pedestrian 8-12 and 12 away from home. So those numbers don't just belong to Darius. They belong to a lot of guys if you look closely up and down that roster. I don't know. I mean, it's, do they need to figure that out? They do. I mean, and we're in the midst of a, a road trip right now where the Cavs hopefully can finish with wins against Portland and Minnesota coming up over the next two games. But, yeah, that's an area that they know that they need to address. They know they need to be better away from the friendly confines of Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. I think, again, the, you know, the optimistic part of this is that Cavs are 18 and 4 at home, right? I mean, they are drilling teams in their own building. So it's what you want to see. But, yeah, it's an area in which they need to improve here in the second half of the season. John, who scares you the most in the Eastern Conference? I've said Milwaukee since the beginning of the season. I, I really like Milwaukee's depth. They've had some uneven play as of late. They've been a bit ragged. Some of that has to do with injury. I mean, I don't think Chris Middleton 
is quite right yet. Boston's doing some crazy things on the offensive end of the floor at 29 and 12 right now. And Brooklyn, you can't discount Brooklyn, right? I mean, considering the talent that's on that basketball team, and since Jacques Vaughn took over, they're playing at a different level. And they're playing, I think, for the first time in years for each other. You know, they're playing hard on the defensive end. I think they've done a nice job. Sean Marks and that front office has done a nice job surrounding Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant with some pieces that finally fit. You know, some guys not only that can attack on the offensive end, but that can hold things down defensively. They're playing hard. They're playing together. Now, Kevin Durant recently has been injured. He's going to be out reportedly two to four weeks. So how the Nets are able to maintain without their number one guy, uh, we're going to find out here shortly. But those are some scary teams right now. Philadelphia is a lot better. Philadelphia did a terrific job in boosting their bench. I mean, Philly, you looked at them in previous seasons, and you said, yeah, that's Starting five is scary, but that bench isn't going to get you anywhere come playoff time, and it didn't. But, boy, they've gone out and made that team a lot tougher defensively, starting with P.J. Tucker. You look at players like Daniel House, Montrez Harrell, uh, DeAnthony Melton. So it's a different look in Philadelphia. If they can stay healthy, that, too, is a dangerous team. So, frankly, guys, the East, you look at the top of the East, it scares me more than the top of the West, and that has not been the case really over the past decade or so. The East is really, really tough right now, and the Cavs are going to have to battle to stay in that mix at the top. John, heat big. Uh, Dwayne Dedman threw a massage gun on the court <laughs> earlier this week after arguing with Eric Spolstra. If you were ejected from a game and you were incensed, what would John Michael throw out of the court as an <laughs> act of defiance? See, Dedman's now out of the box, right? This would have been, a, you know, their towels previously, water bottles. Hey, you throw one of those massage guns out there, you can throw anything <laughs> on the floor. So I had to do some thinking about that, but I think Deadman has opened up a whole new whole new area for people throwing things onto the floor <laughs> to get themselves ejected. I know, I know it wouldn't be a headset because you know what a son of a gun <laughs> those things are to replace. Real quick, Ricky Rubio, very close to returning here. What can we expect from Ricky in the second half of this season? I, I cannot wait for this guy to get back on the floor. And anybody who watched the Cavs last season know just how valuable Ricky was. In fact, when Ricky went down, it was near the end of December, there's a legit argument that he is the last player the Cavs could afford to lose. And when you look at that Cavs roster, it had two all-stars, you know, and that young core. But Ricky was just so tremendous at bringing this team where it needed to be and showing this team, I think, off the bench, you know, how important ball movement was. He was responsible in big part for getting Kevin Love going off that bench with the second unit. Same can be said for Jetty Osmond. They played terrifically with Ricky on the floor. I can't wait, guys. I mean, they're not going to rush him, you know, and I don't think he's going to see a lot of minutes early, but I think the re-signing of Rubio, after they traded him last year in the Karis LeVert deal, they got him back via free agency. I think he's already been a huge benefit, not only on the practice floor, but also on those sidelines. I can't wait to see him quarterback in that second group again. And like I said, I don't think they use him a lot of minutes early, but, man, I, I think he's going to be a huge, huge boost for this team down the stretch. John, whatever you throw on the court when you finally get ejected, we'll stand behind you. <laughs> Great stuff, man. Uh, can't wait to watch uh, Cavs, Blazers, and then, then come home here off this, uh, this road stand. We appreciate you, buddy. Hey, knowing you guys have my back, who knows what's going to end up on that floor. We'll see how the rest of this road trip goes. Thanks. I might accidentally throw you. I mean, I'm a pretty strong guy. That'd be, that'd be a problem, though, I think. 
<laughs> John, great stuff, man. Appreciate hey, thanks, you. Buddy. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. You take care. Good talking to you. Yeah, you know, we've talked a lot about the Browns' leadership uh, issues there, Dusty. I, I kind of wonder. I don't think the, the Cavs have a leadership issue, but I kind of think if Ricky Rubio's biggest um, his biggest input on this team over the next three or four weeks is his leadership, I think that's okay because I think he can help these guys learn and maybe play. I think he might be part of the key to being better on the road. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all about it, man. I, I love that guy and cannot wait to see him back in the lineup. And I hope he's healthy. I was upset to hear his uh, hair was cut, though. Oh, I loved, I, I loved his long I'm hair. I'm so jealous. I wish my hair, when I grew it out, looked like that. It looks like a mud flap. All right? It's just my, my hair is just hillbilly DNA. That's all it is. So Ricky Rubio should really grow out his hair for people like me who are losing their hair. And even when it does grow out, it looks like it just it looks like West Virginia. So great stuff with John Michael. We also talked about um, Darius Garland's home away splits. There was a lot in there. I'm sure we'll get back into the Cavs. We are going to talk a little bit more Cavs later in the show there. But uh, you were you were hot about something today that happened last night that threw off your routine and threw off, uh, I would say, you're, you're where you were last night. Let's just uh, say that. So I play tennis every Tuesday night, mm-hmm. and tennis was fine. But after tennis, I usually stop at a little uh, local kind of fast food joint and, mm-hmm. and get me a little snacky snack at like 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. Fuel, um, as it were. Yeah, fuel. A little, little bit of fuel. You're not like the rest of us stopping at a convenience store or grocery store or uh, uh, fast food joint at 10 o'clock at night. Right. You're not going for the Nacho Supreme no, and the quesadilla like I'm going, I'm, and the chicken burrito. Well, I kind of get a little nuts. But either way, <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. So I order this food, and then I pay for the food. The food is then handed to me in a bag, mm-hmm. and the dude goes, yo, um... By the way, we're out of lettuce. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Is that where the exchange ended? I mean, at that point, it did because I was pretty tired and also hungry. Mm-hmm. But I'm like also like now my meal's ruined. Why? It's lettuce. Yeah. But I got a buffalo chicken wrap. Yeah. Not more more chicken, less uh, uh, ensalada. Right. Like the three things that I got all had lettuce on it. Well, yeah, but do, do lettuce make any of those three things? I mean, I think it's important. I don't know. Let, lettuce on fast food just feels a little bit like a lie. You're telling me, and this is better than fast food. Let's be okay. honest. It's convenience food, convenience store it, food. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm not going to say any names, but it's uh, you know, it's made to order food. How about mm-hmm. that? Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I get a buffalo chicken wrap. Uh huh. And I expect to have, like the lettuce adds just a little bit of coldness to it. I can't. I know. I think of all the things, like if they came out and handed you something and said, hey, we're out of buffalo chicken, your buffalo chicken wrap. No, would but, suck. but like, how about when you see the order come through, like come over and be like, hey, uh, just so you know, we're out of lettuce. If you want to get something else, we can void your order or like change it. So if it, if it was, so would it if, by the way, if they had said that right when you ordered it, would it have changed your order? Um, Maybe. Really? There's not outside of a salad. There is nothing on this planet that I'm going into order at a restaurant, fast food joint, convenience store. That if they say I'm out of out of lettuce, I'm like, oh damn, can't do it. Got to rethink my whole order. I'm like, 
oh, actually, great. I have an excuse to not eat this lettuce and it get in the way of the good thing that I'm about to eat. Is there anything worse than when you're going to order like your favorite thing at a restaurant and they're out of it? Oh no! Now we're talking about it. Like I'm a I'm a I'm a burger guy. You guys yeah. have seen me. Uh, walk Sorry, we're here. out of beef. You know what it is? <laughs> so it's actually because I love bacon cheeseburgers. So that's like my favorite. And if you throw a little barbecue sauce on there, I'm even happier. You throw a fried egg on there, I'm even more happier. So any iteration or derivation of the um, bacon cheeseburger is to me the pinnacle. And when they come out, they're like, actually, we're out of bacon. I don't know you could say a phrase that is more upsetting to me than actually we're out of bacon. It's yeah. still, you know what the one that upsets me most, though? What's that? You got to turn on your mic, buddy. Um, it's when you go to a place, like, I, I don't want to say the name, and we're not giving out free pubs here, but when you go for breakfast somewhere, and they're like, actually, we're no, and it's like. We're no longer serving breakfast. And it's like 10 minutes after 1030. And you're like, what? okay, but the one down the street has it. And like, I'm, what I'm, are we doing I'm, here? Then I just go full Michael Douglas and falling, falling down. And falling down. Falling I was down. Say it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm really sorry too, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, it just it happened to me. I took the girls to go grocery you know shopping. You take it back. I'll just take a double whammy burger. <laughs> <laughs> That's such sorry. a good scene. That's such a great scene. When he when he loosens the uh, bullets <laughs> into the ceiling and, and there's like, it, oh, yeah. I'm so I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the appropriate response. This being grand one thing here. That's a great movie. Yeah. That's something that John Vicari should watch. If he, he should watch Falling, Falling Down. Down. Yeah, yeah. It's honestly all-time Michael Douglas performance. And Michael Douglas is like one of my top five actors of all time, too. Now we're learning something. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll say this. I think Michael Douglas historically is underrated. Oh, I mean, be like, I can't pick a better movie between uh, A Perfect Murder or The Game. Well, like, I mean, everything from Wall Street oh, yeah. to um, Romancing the Stone. Romancing the Stone. Wait, War of the Roses. War of the Roses. <laughs> like, what's so weird about this is, if you were, like, you're Vicari's age. Sorry, John, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, buddy. Ant-Man. If you're 20, well, okay, that's your reference for him, right? If you're young, your frame of reference is, is Ant-Man, and you're like, no, 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 no. But yes, uh, oh, by the way, from Twitter, uh, lettuce is one of the most important additions to basic, basically everything it comes to. My wife doesn't dare not have any on hand. It's the one thing you can do without. If you're like, if uh, if you go somewhere, and they're like, oh, we, that special sauce that we put on this, we ran out. You're infuriated. If you say, oh, this bacon cheeseburger <clears throat> doesn't have bacon or cheese, you're pissed. If they're like, hey, we're out of lettuce. You're like, hey, uh, I oh. like some, I like some buffalo wings, but I'm sorry, we're out of buffalo sauce. Yeah, okay, fair. But if you're like, hey, we have some nachos bel grande, and now we're out of lettuce, you're like, can I just get more <clears throat> of the other things? Can you give me? Can we put a little extra flavor on top there, homie? Like, if if I went to order like mozzarella sticks and I said we're we're out of marinara, I'd be like. I don't want the mozzarella. Well, yeah, but I don't think like the buffalo Dude, chicken lettuce wrap. is a is a very big deal. Take Demos quickly All right. before we break. Demos, what you got for I, us, buddy? Hi, fellas. Pet peeve of mine, you never get lettuce on a gyro, or as some people call them, gyro. Yes. Greeks never get lettuce on yeah, a gyro. Yeah, yes. that's not the conversation. Thank you. That's, but that's you're trash. right about that. That's all. Oh, that's well, all. I, I, didn't get, I didn't get a gyro. <laughs> no, but get a gyro and just make sure you tell them no lettuce, because a lot of times they put it on for because it's, I don't know, become Americanized. 
and that's just trash. So real quick, Demos, yeah. if you go somewhere, order a buffalo chicken wrap, and everything else is on there but the lettuce, are you upset? Oh, yeah. Really? You need, you need that as like the – that's part of the balance. It's like It's like in the wrap – that's the equivalent of getting the carrot and the celery. Of course, you're. you're oh, pissed. you guys are lying to God if lettuce is going to say, oh, and a buffalo chicken wrap that lettuce is going to save your lives. Come on now. By the way, another great Michael Douglas movie. Forgot about Fatal Attraction. We get a basic instinct somebody sent oh, yeah. in. Yeah, that's um, that was the Cleveland. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.